Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome back to Revive the Drive. I'm Pastor Art Georges, joined by Pastors Rich Burkle and Daniel Bennett. And uh, we want to also mention that we've been so blessed to be able to produce these recordings in the studios of WBNH Radio 88.5. And so we're thankful for the partnership that we've had with them over this uh, ministry life of uh, Revive the Drive. And uh, I'm uh, applying for a radio host uh, right now. That's why uh, I said all that, not really. But we are talking about matters of the family, and uh, in this session we want to deal with uh, the role, the biblical role of a wife. Uh, We have dealt with the role of a husband, but perhaps felt like we uh, left much unsaid. But maybe as we uh, circle back to deal with the role of the wife, it will make some of the things left unsaid with the husband more clear. Uh, Men, uh, again, there is a lot of confusion in terms of uh, what the Bible has to say with respect to husbands and wives and their roles within the family structure, within the marriage. Uh, So what are some passages that we could turn to to get clarity uh, on the wife's role within the biblical marriage and family? Well, I, I like the way you, you shaped that question, Art, because uh, you know some listening to this might might think, well, what right do three guys have to have to talk to uh, an audience about the role of of wives? And and we obviously don't have that right as a result of we our all experience. Three have wives, though. Yeah. We do have wives, so <laughs> which you yes, exactly. <laughs> and they're not here to give a rebuttal, exactly. So. You know what? It it gets back to one of our earlier revive the drives, which is what what's the place of scripture in our lives? Mm. That that our right to speak on a subject doesn't come from our experience with that subject, or or even an identity with that subject. Um, and that's that's different from the authority that the world expects today. So if you're going to comment on football, you should have played football. You know, if and and they they move that into all kinds of realms of morality. You know, too. If if you're going to comment about you know a certain subject in our in our culture, you you, you need to have experienced, mm-hmm. or else you don't have any qualification whatsoever. And and again, just to affirm that God's word is sufficient for us. You know, Second uh, uh, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen that all Scripture is inspired by God or God breathed. It's God's very breath. Um, it's profitable for doctrine, uh, reproof. Uh, correction for training in righteousness, so that the man of God, uh, and we'd say the woman of God as well, would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And mm-hmm. and one of the good works is our role within the family for husbands, wives, and children, parents. So uh, it's Scripture that we look to, not to our experience or our emotions, not to the opinions of friends, uh, not to even our family members, mm. but we look to Scripture and say, what does the Scripture say? And so in answer to your question, again, uh, there's these just classic passages in the New Testament that God gives to us, um, 1 Peter 3, uh, Ephesians 
chapter uh, 5, um, I think it's Colossians uh it's Colossians three as well, mm-hmm. I believe. It is. Yep. So, um, so these these are the passages that are just sort of classic passages that address very clearly wives. Um, so I, I would I would say let's let's look at those passages. Sure. And and I would as we begin, and I think Rich rightly directs us to to go to the Word. I think one of the first characteristics characteristics we see about a wife or you know, the role that she has is to, to find fulfillment where God has told her to find fulfillment. Mm. There are a lot of voices in our culture today that are telling both men and women, here's how uh, joy can be found. Joy is found in pursuing whatever your own nature tells you will bring you joy, whatever you, you think that you're going to find joy in. Jeremiah 2, uh, the Lord is talking through the prophet Jeremiah. He talks about how his people have committed two evils. He says, they've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, so there's evil number one, and they've they've dug cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And so you imagine a person turning from God, who's this, this living water, this this eternal spring, and instead going to the cistern, and a cistern would be this, as you guys know, this this hole dug in, a, in, a, in an arid place, and it would be caked with limestone and, and rains, whenever rains came, they would fill up that little basin. So it was never like great water, but this is describing a cistern that's been broken and all that's left in it is this sludge. And so they're turning from living water to, to drinking this, this sludge. And there's no, uh, there's no joy in that. And I think a lot of people in our culture are pursuing broken cisterns. It, it They think that joy is going to be found there and it's it's simply not, and, and I think the same is true as we talk about the role of a wife. There are mm-hmm. things that our culture has told women in particular that will bring them joy that uh, secular and Christian women are finding mm-hmm. out this this isn't the joy that we mm-hmm. thought we were going to find. In fact, I was reading an article that talked about how uh, – it was an article that was a reprint of an earlier article, and it talked about how women were deciding to leave the workplace because they weren't finding joy in the workplace. Well, now, I think this was – Five years later, this reprint or revisiting these same women, they were finding they didn't find joy at home either, and now they're now mm-hmm. they're wondering what to do. Mm-hmm. The joy wasn't going to be found in either place. The joy yep. is only going to be found in in the Lord. Yeah, and that, that mm-hmm. passage in Jeremiah too. It's such a neat word picture, isn't it? And just maybe to add to that word picture, uh, that the living water is water that's moving. It's like the mountain stream that's flowing fresh from the the spring snow melt and. It's living because you, you, a river just has a certain life to it, and that's the idea. Is it's not just an exchanging, you know, this fresh, cool, living, clean water for water in a cistern. It's it's exchanging this fresh, clean, vibrant, uh, healthy water for for as you mentioned, just sludge. And and that's what happens any time that we replace cultural truth with biblical truth. That we replace the very, very best, sweetest, cleanest, most healthy for the very worst that that's unsatisfying and that really will uh, poison us and uh, create sickness and disease. Mm-hmm. So God's purpose for each and every individual will vary by individual, but are there some overarching similarities in the biblical wife's picture of what her life and her purpose looks like? Well, we know that that one of the earliest characteristics we see of a wife is that she uh, comes alongside and 
encourages uh, her husband in, in his ministry. And we see this in, in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, we, we see that uh, there's God's creation, and, and over and over again he's, he's said as he's created, this is good, this is good, this is good. But as he sees uh, the situation that Adam finds himself in, he says, this is, this is not good. Verse 18 of Genesis 2, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And mm-hmm. so we see from a very a woman is is designed to help her husband fulfill their ministry to God. And sometimes I think again we misunderstand what's what's taking place here. We're not saying that a a woman is a helper in the sense that, you know, she does all the tasks, you know, mm-hmm. she's a, she's a task accomplisher. But there's this relational component to ministry and to doing what God has designed us to do. You know, Adam could have trained the monkeys to do tasks. He could have trained the elephant to bring water. So it's not doing tasks. It's it's being in relationship as one does the things that God has called them to do. And that's uh, a unique role that a, a wife has in the marriage relationship is to be a com- relational helpmate. Right. And per- part of our challenge there is that we often look at the word helper as demeaning or diminutive, right? as opposed to the biblical picture of helper being even, as I'd mentioned before, applied to God on our God. behalf. God yeah. is our helper. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we shouldn't look at that helpmate role as something that is uh, uh, inferior. Well, I, I think uh, uh, all of this has to root itself back in understanding of who God is as the triune God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we haven't used the S word yet. Nope. But the S word in Scripture that really is the curse word for many is super. Is, yeah, super. <laughs> and I guess again, anybody submission. Else? Okay. Yeah, it says. Uh, you know, it's very clear. Um, uh, and and again, it, it just reading that verse publicly. We live in such a context where where you almost feel like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have rocks thrown at me. Just read it, just the bare reading of scripture, to the point that um, that verse is seldom read at weddings anymore. You know, it was it was often read at weddings, but right. are talking about the Genesis two or the Ephesians, the Ephesians five, yeah. five and and right. uh, as well as Colossians. And the other thing um, that we do because three. of that, right, is uh, we often begin with the husband servant leadership role in order to soften that whole issue of submission yeah. when in reality scripture always does it in the other order with yeah. the woman in her submissive role and the husband in his servant leadership role. And, and certainly there are some cultural matters that cause us to to misunderstand what biblical submission is. But with that said, I believe that a biblical understanding of submission will also be absolutely rejected. Uh, by the world and much of the even evangelical church, um, and and it's because the in the in the church is because we have a complete failure to failure to understand the beauty of Christ's submission mm. of of the Son's submission to the Father. That for all of eternity past, the Son submitted to the Father, and for all eternity future, the Son will be submitting to the Father and be completely. In absolute exuberant joy in that role, you know, I had one um, uh, friend who was going to be taking his ordination exams, and uh, so he asked me to help him. 
and and uh, he had an idea about about the relationship between the father and the son that in the past the son is going submitted to the father but then when Christ when the father exalts the son that the father will then submit to the son because the son will finally have a turn at the the most fun <laughs> position, so to speak. You know? it, it reminds so. me of the words your uh, your seminary professor one time, your Moody professor one time said to you, mm, "That's good. That's good. You're thinking it's heresy." <laughs> well, that's ultimately what I told him. I said, "This this is a radical. I couldn't sign your ordination papers unless something happens here." So, so it's good you're helping him prepare. So right, I, I'm glad he brought this out prior to the ordination council, and, sure. and so we were able to talk to him. And ultimately, he. He came to you know the truth of scripture is, and it caused him to study scripture mm-hmm. more. And he said it really ultimately completely changed his understanding, mm-hmm. uh, not only about God but also about these human relationships. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's not too far off. I mean, he's a, he was a studied guy. He w- he had already preached uh, and was was sort of a temporary pastor of a church, and yet you know he he had this mixed up in mm-hmm. his head. You know, and and when you think about that though, and you really uh, meditate on that, I think one of the things that helps us even in our roles as husband and wife, is to realize that Christ's submission to the Father is in a plan that they both fully agree with. Hmm. And so as we lead our wives and we want them, and as the wife is being led, the husband and wife want to fully agree with that plan, and then submission becomes joyful, uh, leadership becomes joyful. Um, and, and, it, and, and so oftentimes in, in the role of the husband, uh, there's a step that's missed. Uh, the wife is chafing under the leadership of the husband because he doesn't back up and teach why God would have them head down the path that they should be heading down so that she can mm. joyfully agree as Christ joyfully agrees with the Father. Yeah. Well, um, what what are some fleshing out uh, on the day-to-day basis perhaps of this role of a wife that we see in Scripture and how that would apply in their lives. Well, we, we've we've t- maybe a little bit more about the, the practical aspects of submission. Then is that kind of uh, yeah. where you're going with this yeah. too? Because I think that's that's one of the primary questions I get asked as I'm doing premarital counseling. Is okay, I understand. You know, they may understand the eternal submission of the Father to, or the Son to the Father. They understand that they need to. Uh, follow their their husband's leadership. We've talked before about what husband's leadership is supposed to look like. So, w- w- I guess we need to think through what does what does submission look like on a on a day by day basis. Where are the the boundaries of of submission, and what does a heart that's in submission look like, and, mm. and what does it not look like? Sometimes yeah. we think, well, if I if I have a different opinion, I guess I must not be in mm. submission, or mm-hmm. If he believes this about the Bible and I believe something else, I guess I'm not in submission. Or if he thinks we should uh, move here and I don't, I guess I'm not in submission. So what are the lines yeah, there? Thanks for asking that question too, Daniel, because uh, it's it's a misapplication of this truth that often gives um, power, uh, strength to uh, unbiblical views of, yep. of marriage, uh, a rejection right. of, of uh, that men and women are – are complementary in in their relationship with each other in in uh, in marriage, um, so I think you know it, it may be helpful to to think about what submission is not. In other words, what, how how can we see when submission is is breached? Um, 
And uh, and I think it's helpful because the expressions of biblical submission are so many and infinite, really, of of how how a wife might might express her submission to her husband. Um, but uh, so so one of those <laughs> clear ways that biblical submission would be breached, and perhaps the easiest to see, is just an absolute rejection of his leadership, a, a lack of of respect whatsoever to. Um, to his to his leadership in the home, to his helpfulness in the home. So, for instance, um, uh, if if a husband says, you know, let's let's gather the, the family around and let's let's have a time of prayer and a time of listening to God and His Word, and uh, a wife says, well, I really don't want to be part of that. And again, it, it reveals a, an underlying bitterness, um, an underlying lack of love, an underlying commitment to move toward in oneness. Um, but that would be just one, for instance, out of many. But uh, share right. share with me some others. Right, that's good. I'm thinking perhaps on the other side of the coin, and and how you know a wrong view of submission would be a complete uh, ignoring of personality uh, thinking uh, that the wife uh, is not allowed to think and and to speak and to weigh in on decisions. Um, that would be a wrong idea of what biblical submission should look like. Uh, the, the wife, again, is uh, the trusted advisor, the counselor, the gift from God, uh, the, the component that uh, helps them together to work for the glory of God, and so she has to be an integral part of decisions. Uh, to limit the wife's role in the relationship um, in, in ways that, again, stifle, and, and Rich, you mentioned before, bring fear into the relationship. Uh, if if she has to fear her husband, that's that that's not what submission is supposed to look like. Or even if she finds herself believing that her submission is ultimately to her husband, you know, as, as you, mm-hmm. she might think, well, mm-hmm. I guess I'm submitting to my husband because he's this or he's, you know, what submission is ultimately to God. Um, Ephesians makes that clear. You know, we're 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 ultimately submitting to God in whatever context or whatever relationship it is. And you know, First Peter three, mm-hmm. as you submit to a. a an unreasonable husband. the 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 purpose of it isn't because, well, I guess he's really more spiritual than I am. No, it's 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 to win him over. It's to influence him uh, mm-hmm. through through the means that God has has provided you. And so, I think as a, it's kind of like the advice you'd give to a husband is different sometimes than the advice you'd give to a to a, a wife. But the you know if, if a husband finds himself in, in a situation where um, you know he he's he's uh he's micromanaging the lives of other people if he's micromanaging his wife's life that's a very dangerous dangerous mm. position for him to be in yeah and, yeah yeah you know in and this this issue of of submission it, it i believe always begins first inside the mind and the heart before it's expressed in action so uh the as a, as a wife is wondering, well, am I submitting to my husband? The place to begin evaluating that is she has a godly concern for desiring to honor God as she submits to him, right. she's submitting to her husband, is right. not, well, do I you know, do these things that show submission, but, but the issue is my how's my heart and my thoughts, my, my, my uh, attitude toward my husband? So that if mm-hmm. a wife has allowed herself to have an attitude – of let's say bitterness, resentment, disrespect, disregard, um, then 
the the issue of submission cannot be one in the area of behavior alone. It, it must be taken to this arena of our thoughts. I, I've uh, been thinking this past week about Philippians chapter four verse eight, and uh, you know it gives such a great filter for our thinking about all of life, but. But here, as we apply it to a wife thinking, am, am I really in submission to my husband? It's, mm-hmm. you know, whatsoever things are uh, uh, true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, lovely, commendable, you know, these are the things we're to think upon. And, and as a wife thinks upon her husband, I, I think that's a great filter to say is, are my thoughts about mm-hmm. my husband commendable, for instance? Mm-hmm. Are they lovely? You know, or do they reflect Christ's beauty? You know, yeah. and uh, because it, you know, as a as a person thinks in his heart, so so is he. Proverbs says, and and as a husband, are we making it easy for our wife to have those thoughts? <laughs> Easier well, for our wife. That's to have it. it. You know, and obviously, I know we're talking to wives here, but, here. You know, I'd say the husband is in a potentially very very dangerous place whenever he attempts to to move his wife in a direction that 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 yeah. um, she's. She's not on board with because she's she's a follower yeah. of God. She has a spirit living within her, and you should be very very hesitant to lead in a way. And that's she that's want. important for us as we wrap up this section here. It's important for us to observe as husbands that we we can't just look at our wives and say you need to change, you know, mm-hmm. you need to submit. That's that's not the biblical way of ministering to our wives either. It's, it is first to say what am I doing that's bringing temptation to my wife to think this way about me, to have this attitude, that's where we need to begin. And yet, you know, our flesh wants to go right away and, and say, I need to resolve this by making the other person change, right. which is never, ever in, in God's design for family uh, the place to start. Right. And as you talk about where we begin as husbands, I think to draw this to a close for the wife, where to end is to recognize that her husband will be evaluated by God on his godly leadership in the home and she wants him to be the best leader that he can be. So she wants to partner with him in that process of leading the home. So, well, thanks for tuning in to this session. And uh, we've got more to come in the next sessions on the family. Uh, tune in again to Revive the Drive.